0: This is Mom Squad Pod, your weekly update on tips, tricks, and all things parenting with Maureen Kyle.
1: And it's been a surprise for me in this work of how many clients are like my biggest one is the improvement in my relationship, uh, which I didn't see coming, <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, in that, I think you just have to be aware of kind of going back to those sub calendars, like what calendar is what. So like I see my husband's schedule, that is stuff that doesn't involve me, but it helps me be aware of, okay, I need to be on child care pickup that day. He can do it this way.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to the Mom Squad podcast. And today I'm going to tackle an issue that I think everybody has, and that is time management. And I'm joined by Kelly Nolan, who is an expert. And Kelly, I have to tell you. The, the moment I came across your article, I was in bed, my husband's going, what's wrong? Cause I must've just had like this drained look on my face and I'm like, I just didn't have enough time to get everything done today. I just, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm exhausted. There's a pile of laundry in the corner. There's a to-do list that didn't get done. And as I was what we call zombie scrolling, yes. I came across your article in Parent, on parents.com that was talking about your methods for time management. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today because I think this is, I'm sure you experienced it and I'm sure a lot of your friends
1: experienced this too. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Well,
0: I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background. Like how did you stumble upon becoming
1: a time management specialist? Yeah, it's definitely an odd profession. <laughs> so I get the question. Um, I have been decently organized through law school And then I became an actual practicing attorney and just got blindsided with these feelings of overwhelm. It was just so many deadlines, so much information to keep track of, so many cases, much less dealing with my personal life on top of it all. And so I was just looking for help. I felt very alone in it. I felt like everybody else had this like how to adult memo that I had not received. And I couldn't find anything that stuck. Um, and I just, I kept looking, I kept looking and slowly, I just started piecing together my own method to try and rein some order on the chaos and help me show up as a lawyer and in my personal life in the way that I wanted. And over time, I started realizing, oh, other people actually do feel this way and want this help. So about three years ago, I left law after practicing for five years and just started this business. And that's what I do now. I help um, people predominantly like high achieving professional women manage it all with a lot less stress and more. Just calm clarity.
0: Yeah. It, and I feel like I've had this conversation with a lot of people. I mean, when when we were kids and growing up, I feel like women weren't there weren't the levels of women in the workplace. So I know personally I can't call my mom who worked she worked when we were older, not when we were young. So it's hard to have those people to, to rely on and say, How do I do this? And yes. before we even get into the solution what kind of problems do you think why is this such a problem for a lot of people and families why, why what are we doing wrong
1: well i think you nailed it in the sense that obviously there have been especially as women there have been harder times in terms of like repression and rights and things like that but now that we have more options available to us it's almost, we've never had more expectations on our plate Um, from a career standpoint, from a family standpoint, parenting, all of that. And that goes for, I also think dads as well. I think dads want to be more involved on the personal front than they might have traditionally been. So it's another thing to juggle. Um, So what I like to always share is, because I know when I was overwhelmed, I felt very alone, is this stuff feels hard because it is hard. Time management is, finding and protecting time for all the things we want and need to do, and those are a lot of things, and so if you find it difficult and hard, it's because it is, but I also like people to know that there are alternatives. We just, as you said, we weren't taught how to do it. If anything, we were taught maybe in middle school of how to use like a paper planner and a to-do list, but those tools just can't keep up with the life we lead now, and so I just want you to know that it's not your fault you don't know how to do this. But I do think that it's important for people to know that life doesn't have to feel so overwhelming.
0: And and I love your method,
1: because I
0: know as a person who makes all of these to-do lists, I'm falling into the trap that you're preaching against, where I make this list, and it's totally unrealistic. Like I'm (laughs) like, okay, I'm going to clean the whole house. I'm going to make a gourmet dinner. I'm going to pack the kids' lunches the night before. I'm going to make sure that I meet all the deadlines for work. Why is the to-do list hurting us rather than helping us?
1: It's so funny because I think all of us, at least when I was overwhelmed, I was using a lot of to-do lists and I had this like strange attachment to them. They were like a security blanket. Like I liked them, but I thought I was bad at time management. And that's just, if you're using a system that makes you feel like you're bad at managing your time, it's just not the right system. Um, There are kind of three reasons I figured out to-do lists actually cause our overwhelm. The first is just that, To-do lists, all your action items are scattered. So you might use to-do lists and post-it notes and email in your head, like all these action items live in so many different places. And so we don't have a clear view of everything on our plate, much less how we're going to get it all done, or if we can get it all done, or if we can take a break tonight and get it all done. And that uncertainty causes us a ton of stress. So we want to use a system instead that helps us see everything on our plate in one place, and then also understand how it gets done over time. Not right now. Um, There are two other reasons. The the other one that to-do lists stress us out is the mental gymnastics they involve, like, even if, let's say you bring everything together into one to-do list, every time you sit down to figure out what to do next, you have to be like, what do I have time for? What do I have energy for? Is that office open? Is that colleague working? There's just so many mental gymnastics we have to go through every single time we sit down to do something. And often it can take us like 15 minutes to figure out what to do. And then we only have 15 minutes left on our kid's nap time or whatever it may be. And you know, you just don't have time to do this stuff. So again, we wanna use a system that helps us you know kind of corral that decision making, lay out a realistic game plan and then just get to play it out in way less decision fatigue and overwhelm. And then the final reason is what I call to-do list defeat, where you can like knock a day out of the park, you're feeling good, you get this huge project off, you send it off, you go to cross it off your to-do list and we just see the 48 things we didn't get done and you just deflate, even though as you said it's like totally unrealistic we would do all of those things. I don't know what the psychology is, but we see a lesson, we're like, we can do it. And then when we don't, we're like, this is our fault. We didn't do it. And that that's just so defeating. So we wanna use a system that really helps us feel accomplished about what we got done, not defeated by what we didn't.
0: Yeah. And you came up with the calendar system. Tell me about how that works.
1: Yeah, so basically it kind of comes back to that point of like all those scattered, we keep all these action items in scattered places and we really wanna simplify. And when I was trying to figure out where can I simplify this down to so that I have a one stop shop of what to do. You really have to realize that all of this stuff comes back to time. It all requires time. It all draws from our same bank of hours like our awake hours. And so we need to use a tool designed to manage time, which is a calendar now. I'm a paper lover, I used a paper planner through law school, I love them, Um, but I do think that when it comes to organizing time and our to do's we've got to go digital and so I teach a system of using a digital calendar to kind of bring all of it together. But in a way that you can filter what you see at any given point, you just kind of can reduce the overwhelm. And also, I mean, just the ability to communicate with your partner, with your colleagues, with childcare support, with anyone using a digital calendar is really unparalleled. And as a busy parent, the fact that my phone's like tapping me on the shoulder telling me what to do is very beneficial because you can lay out a beautiful plan in a paper planner. But if you're not looking at it every five minutes, you easily can drop a ball there and
0: i'm i'm guilty of that i definitely i was thinking i was ahead by writing everything down on the paper calendar and i needed to use a mechanical pencil so it was super sharp but obviously it wasn't working for me and and for you what you teach it's much more than just keeping a shared calendar correct it's it's creating the um putting your tasks into your weekly plan so if you can explain how to do how do we do that? I mean, I, I don't even think to like, um, I don't know, fold laundry in the calendar, but should
1: putting yeah. folding laundry
0: at, in our shared calendar?
1: Well, it's a great point because I think when people hear about time blocking activities into a calendar, the first thing they do is they take their to-do list and put it in our calendar.
0: Which is exactly and, what I would do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so understandable. But the problem is, to your point, there's so much we do in our day-to-day that never even makes it onto a to-do list in the first place. Things like showering and getting ready, getting our kids ready, packing kids' meals, you know, doing bath and bedtime with children, um, just relaxing and trying to protect time for that. All of those things never make it onto a to-do list. So if we ignore them and take our to-do list and shove that in our calendar, we are not realistic in what kind of container of available time we have to give that after we've done all this stuff that is kind of the foundational stuff. So I do encourage people to start there. Um, one way you can do this in a way that doesn't create like this hugely cluttered mess of a calendar is creating different sub-calendars. Now, Google uh, Google Calendar, Outlook, Apple, they all call it calendars, but I find it very confusing to talk about calendars within calendars, so I call them sub-calendars. You can create like a personal task subcalendar or a work task subcalendar so you can kind of parse these things out. And what's beautiful about that over color coding is you can click them on and off. Um, You can also share certain ones with certain people, but not your whole calendar with your partner. Like Your partner might not want to see when you're showering and getting ready every day. (laughs) But So you can like kind of parse what you share and have a level of control over that. And so I would start with your, what I think of as the invisible to-do list so that you can just get more clear of what is the rest of my available time for the to-do list stuff. And then I do teach like strategies of, you know, really breaking down projects into the bite-sized steps and calendaring those out um, and having a weekly planning session um, to really kind of help you not have to be perfect in your calendar all the time, but have that touch point every week of okay, I'm on top of everything. Nothing's falling through cracks. I can see that I don't need to work this weekend and it can still all get done, that kind of stuff. So you're totally right that kind of the the digital calendar function is kind of a foundation. And then there are ways we can leverage that to get even more clarity in our life.
0: It almost reminds me of when I've done segments with financial experts that say you really need to know where you're money's going like all the bills you have to collect all the bills and categorize them and figure out where you're spending and what you need to spend so is that a good way of thinking of it like these are the totally please and this is what i'm doing every week instead of saying okay there's this big project where am i gonna fit in?
1: i love it because yes because it's also it's kind of scary like i want to acknowledge that that this isn't i think when i was struggling with time management um everyone kind of talked about it as though like, you know, just time block or just batch. And like it, it came off as so easy, but it's hard to implement and it's scary to do. And just like finances, it's almost like you're like, I'd almost rather not know in some degree. <laughs> but I think in both of those scenarios, if you can overcome that initial hesitation to get that clarity, it's so empowering to know because if you can get really clear on what is my workload, like objectively speaking over time, both at work and at home, it gives you this level of, it's just this clarity that you can then articulate to the people at home and the people at work, like, Hey, I need more help here. And by being specific, then you're more able to get the help you need. So it totally is scary just in the way that you're talking about with finances, but information and knowledge here is power. And it really empowers you to get closer to living a life you want. So I love that analogy.
0: <laughs> so you sit down, you're looking at your calendar. You're looking at like, do people start with like, let's see how it goes this week. And 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 scheduling out a week with those invisible to do chores.
1: So from the invisible to do list standpoint, I that's another beauty of a digital calendar is you can plot it out going forward. So you're like every weekday, put this on my calendar. Every you know like every weekend, put this on my calendar. And what I really want to be clear about here is that doesn't mean you have to rigidly adhere to those blocks. Like I, you know, there are going to be some time blocking time management people who are like, live and die by your calendar. (laughs) Like I am not one of those people. It's more like, let's just put all these default blocks of how you spend your time on your calendar. And then you can move them around. If you're not in the mood to do something, as long as you can find a new time for it, then you move it, and now you actually can enjoy your change plans because you have a peace of mind of knowing it can still play out instead of feeling kind of guilty that you're not doing what you thought you should do. Um, and so I encourage people to just lay out this like default plan going forward indefinitely. And then especially during these planning sessions, we can kind of move things around, and you can say like, even things like, okay, I want to work out three times a week. Just throw them on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then as you plan your week, you can be like, oh, I'm gonna have to do that one on Tuesday, Drag that one down here, move that one up. But it's not up to your head to start from scratch each week. And that's where balls like kind of fall through the cracks. If we have to start from scratch, this helps you avoid having to do that.
0: And I have to admit one of the problems, like when I was going through thinking of when I've tried scheduling out my week, I am so horrible. And I know I'm not the only one. I am so horrible at being realistic about how long a chore will take and exactly. you know, like I think, okay, I can, uh, oh, I'll just fold laundry really quick. But then when I realize an hour and a half has passed and I'm not I'm not budgeting the right way, does that make sense? How do we, how do we budget our time realistically? Are there pitfalls that, it, that people fall into?
1: You're, you nailed it on the head in that underestimating how long things take is the number one problem I see with clients. So you're definitely not alone, as you said. Um, <laughs> The thing I like to encourage people to think about is that it is often the first time we're really tying our to-dos to time in a real way. So don't expect to be a pro right away and know that you'll get better. And that's, again, the beauty of a digital calendar is that if you're like, oh, I budgeted half an hour to shower and get ready, but it takes me 45 minutes, you just extend that window, change it going forward, you're done. So you can always like optimize and use the information you figure out to improve. But that's a little bit of an unsatisfying answer where I'm like, you'll get better. (laughs) So there are strategies that I teach to help kind of bridge the gap between when you get better and reduce the pain on that front. So one is really breaking things down into bite-sized steps. So this may not be as applicable to folding laundry, but more like if you're doing a work thing and you're like, this big work project will take me 10 hours. If you really sit down with just a pad of paper and break out all the steps that are going to go into it, and then estimate how long each of those are gonna take, you get much better at estimating how long things are actually gonna take you in real life because we can do bite-sized things better than the broad project. Because often, you know, in my past life, I'd be like, this brief will take me 10 hours to draft. And then when I break down all the steps, like pulling the cases, reading them, drafting, outlining, editing, getting feedback from partners, all that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, this is gonna take me more like 30 or 40 hours. And so by breaking them down into bite-sized steps, we just get more realistic and a little cheat that sounds weird to do is as you time block things start with an action verb and that will, start, that will force you to think very clearly, like what's the actual bite-sized stuff I'm doing here um, that'll kind of help you kind of move in that direction. And then another strategy is kind of, it sounds simple, but doubling how long you think you're gonna, if something's gonna take you. So if you just consistently are playing out things and you're like, again, I got this, it, it took me longer again, it took me longer, just double it. I'd rather you find bonus time than be choked up every day and be defeated every day. And the final thing that I'd throw out is to consider all of these strategies are just, you know, adopt what works for you. But to consider is building in flex time in your calendar. So, you know, if every day you're running into those problems, you know, try and block that final hour of your workday for just flex time. So you have cushion to push things down into. Um, if you're someone like me, if you're like, I know it'll be there every day, I'll just play through it, then maybe block like a Thursday afternoon so that it's more rare, you're more apt to protect it. And then you have this like kind of overflow area to put stuff in as you learn how long things take you.
0: Do you um i'm sure you do work with people who are juggling you know home and work and then have these demanding jobs i feel like the workplace has has been put put on hold it's been put on the back burner but then i think of when everybody pre-pandemic and i don't know what it'll look post-pandemic but pre-pandemic um being efficient at work was difficult when you you add in other people's to-do lists. You have other people coming at you needing something or wanting something, or all of a sudden there's an email that needs to be sent. So you have to put that aside. Is there a way that we become more efficient when we do start to head back to the office with lessons learned, kind of (laughs) working on our own
1: versus working in a team? Yes, definitely. I, what, you know, and i'm not even sure it is distinct like you should distinguish now versus then one thing i try and always have people work on is taking control of their work hours more i think that we kind of all come into the workforce and are told to be accommodating and responsive and that is good advice when you're in a junior position but as we all get more experience our real value to any of our companies is like bringing smart creative strategy to the table and that requires focused work and like hours of time that we aren't being responsive to other people. And, but no one ever tells us that and no one ever tells us how to do it. And so we all stay in this responsive mode that actually undercuts our ability to do that. And so to your point, what I really encourage people to do and you're gonna have to think about, you know what's doable in your industry, but can you block an hour or two hours consistently, like once, twice, three times a week in your schedule, where you maybe live responsibly the rest of the time. But for those hours, you protect your focus work. You don't take meetings, you don't check email, you don't answer the phone. And also think about when your energy is best. So if you're like a morning person, block them for the morning. If you're an afternoon person, you hit your stride after you deal with all the morning fires, block it in the afternoon. Um, But it just allows us to kind of reclaim some control of our work hours so that Yes, maybe in the rest of our life, we live responsibly, but for certain chunks of time every week, we get that real focused work.
0: Do you have any advice for um, when it comes to, I, I know a lot of families will do like meal prep on Sundays and really taking a day or hours at the beginning of the week to make sure that it's easier throughout the week. Is that a strategy that
1: does work in the long run? It works for some people. It's a bit of an unsatisfying one, like everyone's different on this front. Um, you know, I personally struggle the most with meal stuff. I just, especially through the pandemic when we're everyone's cooking at home, it's like very hard to motivate. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm a big, big proponent. Well, taking a step back, we think of like meal prep as annoying, but really it's picking recipes grocery shopping, prepping the food, eating the food, cleaning up the food. There's a lot that goes into food, actually. And so I just encourage you to be like, what steps do I not enjoy of this? And are there ways to get it off my plate? So I'm a huge fan of Instacart. I do not go grocery shopping anymore, even pre-pandemic. I just, it was not something I enjoyed doing. Doesn't mean you shouldn't. Like if someone else loves it, doing it with their kids, awesome don't get rid of that part of it. For me, I w- it wasn't bringing me joy. So I was like, let's get this off my plate. Um, and we also use meal kit delivery services as well. Like we use Gobble. So it's kind of like Blue Apron, but the whole shtick is that it's um, shorter. Like it takes you like 20 minutes to make the meal, which is good in my book. <laughs> um, so there are ways that I would say there's no right or wrong solution. Like one size fits all for everyone. But to your point, I do think it's good to have a plan going into the week, whether you're prepping, whether you're Instacarting, whether you're, you know, whatever it may be, just because you want to make it as easy as possible to get that food on the table, or at least the most enjoyable way for you, because it's such a huge part of what we do. <laughs> we spend a lot of time doing it. So be intentional about it is really the, the only answer I have that is a little bit, maybe not satisfying to hear, but no, actually also it makes me
0: think about how even during this year, year and a half, that it's been crazy. There have been so many little things that have popped up. Like, I mean, Instacart was there before, but we've figured out ways to save some running around. So, yeah. so you bring up a great point that there are ways, there's technology now that, that we can kind of avoid the things that we don't enjoy that are taking up too much of our time. So Definitely. big question, you know, with when you have multiple kids, you have a job, you have the family stuff, you have the home stuff. And you, let's say you sit down, you budget that calendar out with all of your time. And then you realize, wait, I still don't feel like I have enough time. Do you, what do you do in that, in that instance? Like if it's still feeling really overwhelming that, um, gosh, I don't have time for myself, or I don't have time to meal prep on Sundays because we have so many events or I have this demanding project or, you know, where, where do you start with that? Or can you find more time?
1: Yeah. I love this question because I think sometimes people think, oh, if I just get on top of it, it'll all be better. So it's on me to get on top of it. And sometimes we do have an objectively unreasonable amount of stuff on our plate. So sometimes doing this process, the biggest takeaway that you'll have before you like, like you'll, you'll do it. Your takeaway is going to be, I'm objectively trying to do too much, Mm -hmm. but by seeing where your choke points are, by seeing, okay, this work project is, it does not fit with everything else I'm trying to do. Whatever, if it's in personal life or work life or wherever it is, you're just able to get more specific on what is the problem here. Um, And that allows you to ask for help from your partner. It allows you to maybe get some more child care help and explain why you need it. Um, You know, it allows you to get more specific help at home. I have, or sorry, at work. I have a client who just realized that a certain type of task she did all the time was taking up way too much of her time. And really wasn't her strong suit. And so she was able to go to her boss. Now they're hiring a part-time person to do that. It just allows you to kind of more specifically ask for help instead of that. When I was practicing on Overwhelmed, I'd be like, I think I'm drowning, but I'm not really sure I'm drowning. So I don't know if I can say no, or like what I should ask to get off my plate. And by getting really more concrete and objective with this in a calendar format, you're just more empowered to have those conversations. Um, And in addition, I always like to challenge people of also, just because something can fit in your time doesn't mean you necessarily have to do it. So like going back to that grocery shopping example, there are a lot of women I speak with who are like, well, I can do it all on the weekend," And it's like, yeah, but is that how you want to be spending your time? And I just challenge you to, even if it technically fits, if that's not how you really ideally want to be using your time, try and get some stuff off your plate because we all have enough. Like we, there's no, there's no prize for being a martyr here of like doing more than anyone else. So definitely try and just enjoy your life more by getting the stuff you don't enjoy off your plate.
0: Right. And moms especially have this stigma. I know dads do it too, where you sacrifice your own personal downtime or your personal free time, or there's this guilt of why shouldn't be relaxing for this hour or going I'd, to, I'd love to, that if my life included going to the spa during the week, but you know, you, you, that's the first thing you sacrifice. What, do you feel like you're a psychologist helping people through like, you can schedule that for yourself. I mean, what kind of mind hurdles we need to get over when it comes to, not, to being able to take time for ourselves?
1: You know, I love this question because it's something I think about a lot where like in our culture, people are like, just carve out time for self-care. And to me, I am not a psychiatrist or I don't know this area at all. But the problem with that is, is if you feel like that kind of feeling of like, I'm productive, but I can never turn it off. Like I always have to be doing something, me going and taking a massage, I'm just going to be sitting there being, feeling guilty and like thinking of all the things I think I need to be doing, where if you can get concrete and build out a game plan and see, okay, all these things can still get done and I can do this in a really more objective, like, tangible way in a calendar, you're more able to check out. So whether that's taking a massage or just watching TV at night or reading a book, I don't totally understand the psychology, but understanding it can all get done. It doesn't need to get done right now. Therefore I can really actually turn it off right now. That's really where the magic happens for a lot of people from my experience.
0: And for couples too, um, just thinking about the shared calendar and, uh, my husband and I have tried the shared calendar in the past, but then I was getting copied on all of his conference calls and things I didn't need to know. But um, I I was just thinking about how difficult it is to even figure out who's doing what in in a week. Like what happens, how do you you recommend couples go about it? Because if somebody throws something in that calendar that doesn't, the other person wasn't expecting, like does that throw the balance off? How do you approach it as a couple?
1: It's a great question and it's been a surprise for me in this work of how many clients are like, my biggest one is the improvement in my relationship, Uh, which I didn't see coming, (laughs) but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, In that, I think you just have to be aware of, kind of going back to those sub calendars, like what calendar is what? So like, I see my husband's schedule, that is stuff that doesn't involve me, but it helps me be aware of, okay, I need to be on childcare pickup that day. He can do it this way. Um, And then we have, you know, a shared calendar that's like events we do together. And we both see my daughter's calendar. And so that allows us to be like, okay, that doesn't involve us, but these are her daycare hours or whatever it may be. Um, It's a kind of roundabout way of answering your question of saying use sub calendars to more clearly delineate like what tasks involve me? What are my just being aware of from an FYI standpoint? and that can help bring some clarity there. But then also use it and leverage it to get clear on, okay, he's in charge of pickup and from this time to this time today. I'm in charge of, you know, getting her ready in the morning into school these days. It just allows you to, it sounds so silly, but if you can spell all of this out, it really gets people on the same page in a much better way. And then in addition to your point, I do recommend a weekly planning session. Literally, this one the one I was talking about before is like your personal planning session. And I, th- those tend to take like an hour and a half. Um, the weekly plan- part- partner planning session is more like 20 minutes. And you're just kind of going over the week and be like, are we all on the same page with this? And working things out. So to your point, you want to make sure you're still communicating about it. But the calendar is a way to just make sure we're like all on the same page and that we don't forget the things that we talked about. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you're saying this could help our marriage and we could probably carve
1: out self-care time. Yes. I've been surprised by some of these things myself, but I have seen it play out time and time again. So yes.
0: That's incredible. Um, Is there something that you think um, that, is there a constant pitfall that somebody falls into or something that, that your clients discover as, wow, I never realized that I should be doing this with my
1: time every week or every day? Nothing concrete comes to mind, but just the more reframing, uh, we've touched on it a bit, but reframing living in responsive mode and like whatever comes through the door, screaming fire the loudest gets my attention to, okay, this is how I want to spend my time, which maybe I do then need to deal with a curveball when it comes, but I'm better able to evaluate is this really a fire that deserves my attention that should knock out this other priority that I wanted to focus on. And I think the more we do that, the more we start realizing we actually do have more control over our time than we thought. We just have to be a little intentional and do some front end work to get there. But I think it's really empowering for particularly women to feel like, oh, I, you know, I can't control everything and my plans aren't going to go to plan 100% of the time, but they probably can go to plan like 70 to 80% of the time. And that's pretty cool. And so like, what do I want those plans to be for that 80% of the time it works? And so that's something that I just encourage you to realize that there really is potential there for you to live a life that you're more excited about and if you're more in control of. And I just, I, I love watching clients go through that.
0: And before we wrap up, um, I, I think my last question would just be, um, as a mom yourself, and as somebody who's gone through this and has become a professional at it, is it an art form? Is it a practice that that constantly needs fine tuning?
1: It's a great, great question. Um, As I kind of was saying that time management is hard, learning a system like this takes time. Again, it's not one of those things where I'm like, it's easy, and so if you struggle with it, there's something wrong with you. Like, It does take time. It's a new way of approaching this stuff. I would say on average, most clients, it takes about two or three months to really get comfortable with it. Not to see results, like people feel results really quickly, but just to feel natural with it, um, it does become very natural. So you know, even though it feels clunky and weird in the beginning, just know that it will over time, it takes time to play through and get used to. But to your point, as we've all learned this past year, like life right now can look very different than it can in six months than in a year. And what I love about this system is it molds to you and your life. So my calendar is going to look different than your calendar. And somebody like all of my clients' calendars look different. There's no right or wrong, but it molds to their life and it shifts with their life. So whether you have a child, whether the child gets older, all these things, it molds and you just have to evaluate every now and then. Usually if you're like, this isn't working as well as it used to, then you just have this system to like, understand what is. hold up what can i change to make it better and like move forward um and adapt have it adapt to your life i feel
0: like we need you on speed dial is there a (laughs) there's a there's a way for people to sign up for newsletters
1: from you right Yes, yes. um, Everything basically is at kellynolan.com. So just coming out. me, I have a lot of information and resources on there as well that you can just check out and read at your own pace.
0: All right. Well, I can't wait to get started on my own calendar. Kelly, this has been a wealth (laughs) of information. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I truly, truly love nerding out on this stuff. So always reach out. I just really enjoy this, talking about this stuff and helping people with it.
0: We definitely will. All right, Kelly Nolan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And thank you to all of you who tuned in and listened. And if you have any questions, you know where to find Kelly. And of course, you always know where to find me. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.